Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have a delightful guest with me, Miss Lana Shea, and we are going to be discussing Can Sex Work Be Spiritual? Let me tell you a little bit more about Lana before we dive in. Um, I think we're in for a real treat today with this topic. Lana Shea is a writer and the co-founder of PsychedelicTimes.com, PureCombo.com, and LanaShea.com. She's traveled to six continents and spent a cumulative of seven years outside of the U.S. She's a trained dance instructor, yoga instructor, Reiki practitioner, massage therapist, combo practitioner, certified life and recovery coach, and has studied Tantra for the past eight years. Writing has always been a passion of Lana's. In her personal blog, The Sensual Foodist, she writes about the role of nourishing food in the bedroom and between lovers. This concept gained interest from individuals seeking support in intimate relationships and eventually developed into a co-authored book, Conscious Love, Enlightened Relationships and Soulful Sex, which was published in 2016. Lana's articles as the sensual foodist can be found on goodmenproject.com, sakara.com, realfoodswitch.com, and various sites about holistic living. The working title of her new book is Erotic Hustle, Redefining Sin Through Sacred Sexuality. So let's give her a big, warm SLSP welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Lana. Mm, thank you, and thank you for that incredible introduction. You're so welcome. Um, so I'm going to throw you in the pool, just like I do with all of our guests. And let's start this off by asking you, what are your superpowers? Mm, this is such a fun question. Superpowers. I will start with one superpower. Uh, my superpower is sensuality. Mm. How is that a superpower? It is a superpower because I can experience things on a deeper level when I fully tune in with all of my senses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that is the, the tantric path after all, right? Absolutely. Beautiful. I love it. So I am really curious, you know, this, um, this topic of can sex work be spiritual um, is a fascinating one for me because I think there is a lot of stigma around sex workers, around strippers, um, people who work in that industry. And you are someone who's coming with a very different background and holding a very different space around it. So, which is why I wanted to have you on the show because I think you're holding a really unique um, perspective and a really valuable one. And so, I would just love to hear a little bit from you, um, sort of how you how you got into that work, um, what your interface with it is. You know, if someone is listening to this and they they have no experience of you, they have they have, you know, this is just like a huh kind of topic. Like, oh, this piqued my interest, so I'm gonna I'm gonna press play and see what's here. You know, mm-hmm. what what. What, uh, how, how do you want to introduce us to this topic? Uh, the topic of sex work being spiritual. Yeah. And just like how, like your, your, um, foray into it, you know, what's your background with it? 
I can definitely say that my first introduction to sex work and specifically exotic dancing was not um, focused on spirituality and I didn't have any awareness of bringing spirituality into that space. Um, It took a while to get there (laughs) Um, because I started as a 22-year-old in... um, way far out in the country in Wisconsin um, in a tiny little dive club. And uh, I was there simply because I wanted to make money fast and easy so I could travel outside of the U.S. as fast as possible. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it seems like that's a reason why most women go into that work is because you can make a lot of money fast. Absolutely. Yeah. And the freedom in it is that you uh, can work anywhere in the country. Um, Sometimes if you can set it up the right way anywhere in the world. Um, And also it can be really fast money. Um, And there's no uh, schedule, you know, most places you, you choose when you go in. So there's some freedom there as well. So how did you go from there? To bringing spirituality into it, mm-hmm. it was a process that, in on, I think it unfolded over the course of ten years. But really, in the past, I'd say four years, that I really started to see uh, a different terrain when I would walk into a gentleman's club. Um, so a lot of um, deep uh, internal work with plant medicines and psychedelics. Uh, have definitely <laughs> have definitely been brought into this work. Um, Say more about that, like like in, just in your own process, in your own personal path, or are you actually using them within the context of the gentlemen's club that you've been working in or that you have worked in? That's a great question. I would love it if I could incorporate legally <laughs> plant medicines and psychedelics uh, within the the walls of a gentleman's club, though I was doing this work all on my own and then bringing my insights and practices to the work when when I would you know be in in these gentlemen's clubs. And so how did you do that? What were some of the insights that you had and how, how were you able to translate that onto the stage? Yeah. So I knew everything on just a, you know, cognitive level. Just, I understand this almost like a book academic sort of feeling. Okay. I've learned Tantra. I know these techniques. I know these practices and I felt them and, you know, was starting to really get them into my body though. I believe that plant medicines and psychedelics really helped me integrate these practices into my being. And it was a felt sense and um, became part of who I am as opposed to just understanding them and knowing the material and very technical sort of thing. And it became, you know, became part of me and part of my practices. And my body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so what would you say were like some of the biggest insights you had in those journeys? Yeah. Insights. So I do detail one specific experience in my book, and that is when I sat with ayahuasca for the first time, and I didn't have any 
relationship. I hadn't developed a relationship with this medicine and didn't know exactly how to navigate. So I drank two cups. I'll put it I'll put it really blatantly, even for people who might not know have any reference point for that. So that's not um, any sort of required amount. The every individual is different, but someone could have one cup. It's like a shot glass, like an ounce. So I had two of those, two ounces. And I'm a very sensitive person. I'm sensitive to everything that I take in. Um, so a sip of wine, for example, I can feel it um, just to give a reference point. So I had, I had a good amount during that first journey. And uh, the messages that started coming in once I was fully deep in this experience and had <laughs> totally disassociated with the external world um, was this whole um, internal journey of my womb space and what was going on in there and visuals there. And it was like all of these colors and crystals and, and fractal, beautiful, sacred geometries. And the message coming in was that this space is sacred and that sex is sacred and that connecting with somebody else um, through sex or lovemaking is a sacred act and that anyone is privileged and should be honored to enter my space yeah. and to enter anyone's space in that way. Yeah. Um, and to hold this sort of connection in a really high place and be really intentional. And that was a really strong message. And it's almost, it's difficult to put into words. It was more of a feeling yeah, that I, became I part it. of me. I get it. Um, so I really want to dive into this because you're totally speaking my language here and we have to go to a quick break. So before we go to break, will you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you? Yeah, lanashay.com, L-A-N-A-S-H-A-Y.com or psychedelictimes.com. Perfect. So we've been talking with Lana Shay um, about can sex work be spiritual more when we get back. Stay tuned. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you are ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay, we're back. Um, so right before the break, you were talking about this revelation that you had around the womb space being sacred um, and sex being sacred, which has totally been a huge part of my journey to womb work. Um, and and all of that same information coming through. How have you been able to bridge that with what is seemingly like kind of a seedy underbelly of our culture? Mm -hmm. I love this question. I think that the first piece of this is breaking that stigma in my own mind and walking into these environments, into gentlemen's clubs, into strip clubs, and not seeing them as as that, and not and not abiding by this um, 
conditioning and, okay, this is an, a seedy, dark environment. Yes, they can be. And, and some of them really are in a lot of ways. I, I guess I'm also blessed and privileged in some ways because the place that um, I frequented, the club that I frequented for the past few years was in the heart of Silicon Valley and was very safe and there was a community there and there's no contact, no alcohol, no cigarettes. And a lot of those pieces that make it kind of dark and seedy were removed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, going into this environment and seeing it different and then being different myself and not letting that energy be what defines me and how I conduct myself in that environment Mm -hmm. allowed it to be something different. Awesome. And so what did you start to see or notice? Like what shifted for you once you started to hold yourself in that way, really as, as a sacred being with this sovereignty of your womb, with the understanding that um, to enter your body is really um, a sacred request. Um, what did you notice started to change in your relationship to the work? Yeah, great question. So I believe that just staying in this mindset and holding these beliefs and honoring myself and also honoring the people that I connected with allowed me to have a different dynamic with everyone that I met, um, including the women. Um, but mostly focused on the the clients, the clientele, the people who came into the club. So when I would have an interaction with people, it was almost like I was magnetizing those people that were receptive to these beliefs. Um, and I could share them through the way that we interacted. It didn't need to be blatant, like, hey, I'm I'm sacred, you're sacred, sexuality is sacred, you're a divine being, so am I. I didn't need to verbalize all of that per se. It was mostly in our interaction that was just elevated. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And would you say, were you able to have conversations or did you have conversations with some of the other women who were also working there about this process that you had? Yeah, absolutely. This is one of the incredible parts of this journey was, um, and still is, the, the women that I've connected with that are doing a very, they're on a very similar path and they're doing similar practices, if not the same exact things when they're uh, working in gentlemen's clubs. I know a few girls specifically in Las Vegas who are tantricas, consider themselves dakinis, and bring this um, belief of sacred sexuality and this honoring and this respect and reverence into their work and have a very similar dynamic with the clientele. That's awesome. So what's your like highest vision for what's possible in that space? Hmm. I have this concept in my head of, it kind of sounds like an oxymoron, uh, but a conscious strip club. Uh, And that is specifically a place where people are coming to be honored. And I don't want to put this in an egotistical sort of way, but to to be healed, um, to be seen, to have um, someone be present with them 
who who is honoring them and a place that is um, comfortable. And when people walk out, they leave better than they came in. So when you say having people honor them, you mean the clientele, the, I mean, generally the men who are coming to these places. I know it's not only men that frequent these places, but a larger population of men. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, is that, that's who you're talking about who would be served in that capacity. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And maybe this place isn't somewhere that at what's currently going on wouldn't, um, wouldn't be supportive. It would have to be international in, in what I'm seeing in my mind because medicine work, I feel like, is really important uh, to incorporate into this space. So say more about, about what you mean what's currently going on would need to shift. What is it that is currently going on and what would need to shift about it? Yeah, I feel, well, we, we all know that um, plant medicines and psychedelics, um, really specifically psilocybin, mushrooms, MDMA, they're illegal. You know, mm-hmm. these are substances that are not allowed <laughs> in our right. country. Although there is um, a lot of movement around that right now. I feel like actually Michael Pollan's book really opened up some doors in that way. Yeah, absolutely. It's becoming more mainstream, this awareness that these plants are not drugs right. and that they're not harmful. Um, you know, the socially acceptable drugs are much more harmful, like sugar. Um, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got that. We've got, you know, all of these illegal substances. And then in terms of sex work, we have like this repressed culture, yeah. I think. Um, sex is not honored in the in this westernized culture in the US specifically. I can talk about the US cuz I live here. So, yeah, I don't believe that um we're properly educated from the beginning. I believe that there's a lot of stigma and there's you know, there's a lot of things going on against sex work and against sexual energy. For sure. Um, do you think that strip clubs and gentlemen's clubs would exist if there was an honoring of that energy? Hmm, that's a really good question. I think that they would look a lot different, for sure. Uh-huh. Like how? What, how would you perhaps perhaps this idea of conscious strip club would it, uh, one of these places wouldn't be so far off and it wouldn't sound like an oxymoron mm-hmm. um, yeah I believe that would be much uh, we'd be much closer to that being manifested I mean to me it sounds actually like what you're talking about is what existed back in the temple days mm-hmm. um, when there were these you know there were priestesses who studied um, all sorts of sacred arts and sex was one of them. And that was their, that was their sacred role um, was to, was to serve in that capacity for men, but it was held in a very different regard. That is absolutely what I'm referring to. (laughs) Yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you still work as a sex worker right now? Yeah, I'm not uh, working on a weekly basis as I was just a few months ago. I've just relocated and I'm really focused on the book right now. And this 
thing that's much bigger than just going and, and dancing for me. It's, it's this book and, um, you know, really sharing this idea of a big shift and that and the sex industry, basically. So tell us more about the book. Yeah. Uh, the book began as me saying to myself, um, kind of like a vow to myself, don't leave this work, don't leave this industry until you've honored it. So my way of honoring it, because I'm, I'm a writer, I've always been a writer, I love to write. Um, I wanted to put it all into a book form. And I thought of literally just publishing the book or just self-publishing so I could have a physical copy for myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I could say to myself, okay, I got this whole 10 years of my life in a book and now I feel good about quitting and <laughs> opening a new chapter. Um, that's how the book began. And as I grew and expanded my mind and my belief system, as I was writing the book, the book became something else. Um, and I realized how I have an important message to share. And then I started meeting other women whose message was completely resonant and aligned with mine and realized that this is part of the collective consciousness and that this is going to be birthed um, through a million different facets. And my book is just one of them. Uh, so the book became this. Uh, it became a, a project of, um, well, it was really therapy for me, to be honest. <laughs> it was like a cathartic, therapeutic process to write it. Mm. Um, and so I approach, when I approach writing and sit down to start working on the book, um, I'm going through every piece of uh, my work in this industry. And unfolding it and unpacking it and seeing what there is there uh, to support other people in this industry and then also support people and seeing it as something different and redefining and removing the stigma. Yeah. Um, what do you think it's going to take to remove the stigma? Because clearly like I still have stigma around it, you know, and I'm in this work. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in sex work, but I'm, I'm in the work of sacred sexuality mm -hmm. and like I totally have had like some serious judgments around that space without really having any engagement in it or, you know, much knowledge around it at all, which is usually how, where we tend to have judgments is when we know nothing about the thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what do you, yeah. So I'm just curious, like, what do you think it would take to really change that stigma? Cause, cause for me, I think in order I love your vision and, and I, and it does seem like in order for that vision to come into being, there does need to be, um, that stigma needs to shift first. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I believe it is shifting. Mm -hmm. Uh, the more women who, women and men who are in the sex industry who feel empowered to share their message and their story and answer the call to action uh, to speak up, uh, the more this can shift. And uh, there are quite a few women now um, 
I want to mention Jack the Stripper is somebody on Instagram that is a great (laughs) (laughs) she's a great person to follow to start understanding this industry from uh, an angle that a lot of people will you know they're they'll never see it they'll never realize it until they start getting uh, an inside perspective Mm -hmm. Uh, and education obviously the more education there is and the more voices there are from the inside the more um, we can move towards that shift because we we have fear of the unknown right so that's why there's that stigma and that's why there's all of these (laughs) there's people who are thinking something about this industry because they don't actually know about it you yeah. actually have to go in or you have to connect with people who have been in it to learn about it, right? Totally. So the more the more voices that come from the inside, I think the better. Mm-hmm. Now, you talked about the book being kind of like therapy for you, like writing the book. Were there some challenging parts of that journey that you had to navigate that felt really hard for you? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I was writing a piece of it just last week um, and found myself in a process and had to dive into some self-care because I was in tears and I was uncomfortable and I was feeling pain. Um, Because as I write, I want to get back into the place where I was the stories that I'm recounting. I want to get right into the, the belly of what I'm, uh, sharing the story so that it can be real. Um, And, you know, so I'm recounting it as accurately as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, So sometimes that means I'm going back into painful places or uncomfortable places. And sometimes I'm going back to a place where I've evolved from or I feel like I've expanded and learned and I've grown and going back into that place is uncomfortable because it's not where I am anymore. So it feels kind of like making myself small or shrinking. I can totally relate to that. I've been having that experience actually writing my book as well. Mm. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a real thing like going, going backwards and realizing it's like wearing clothes that are way too tight, you know, that don't fit. (laughs) It's a great analogy. Really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Get me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What um what's next for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is currently unfolding. Uh as I connect with more people who are inspired by or interested in the book and and what the book really means and what I intend to do with um the attention. Um, like, okay, you read the book and now you're curious what's next. So there's a lot of these people asking me, <laughs> a lot of people asking me this question and it's unfolding as I'm asked more um, and I'm finding more clarity. And I think maybe creating a, a conscious strip club uh, with a team, of course, is something that's definitely in the future. I actually just spoke with uh, a dear friend last night who is also in the industry who I met in Vegas. And uh, we haven't spoke in in a while. We had like a little brief period where we weren't connected and she's doing <laughs> basically the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. She's writing a book, of, of basically a memoir of her experiences and she wants to create 
uh, a temple, a sacred space in probably in another country where medicine work can be done. And it's basically a conscious strip club. So this is part of the collective and it's happening. So I think that's, that's really what, what's next. Well, that's awesome. I'll definitely keep us, keep us in the loop as that unfolds. I think it's really fascinating and good work that you're doing. Um, and unusual and intriguing mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, but I really want to just speak a lot of gratitude to you for, for stepping up to the call, you know, um, and for following it, even though it's uncomfortable sometimes. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, so before we close out here, is there anything that we haven't covered or anything that you really want to make sure that our listeners hear before we sign off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would definitely say if you are someone who uh, is curious about this world and uh, the sex industry, um, go ahead and start looking into people who are publishing books and who are writing blog articles and you know sharing from the inside and educate yourself and uh, understand what's really going on because it might be something. Um, that you're open to supporting or shifting your belief on and by shifting your belief, supporting the, the, the greater shift. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for that. And do you have recommendations of like specific people that you feel are really standing in that place that, that you would want to support and encourage people to check out other than you already mentioned Jack the Stripper on Instagram? Yeah, definitely. Follow her, seek her out, and through her, there's a bunch of other incredible women doing, um, educating the public. Uh, Rachel Esterlein is another one who can also be found through, through Jack and through me. I have, um, if you go to my Instagram, I have uh, connections to a lot of these women as well. Um, so following them and hearing their messages, and then Valerie Stunning is another woman who has a an Instagram presence and does a lot of education through her, her feed and yeah, check her out too. Beautiful. Well, thank you so, so, so much for coming on the show. It's really appreciate um, having you here and, and your willingness to dive into this conversation today. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's an honor. And to our listeners, I love you so much. If you have not already tuned in to the Superpowers Are Real group on Facebook, come and join us there. We've got some great lives that we're doing on Wednesdays with Tonya. Um, we have some really awesome new programs that we're rolling out. If you go to super expert, superpowerexperts.com forward slash programs, you can find out more about that there. Um, for people who are really wanting to expand their consciousness and have a roadmap for it and have support for it, we've got you covered. So come and play with us over at Superpower Experts. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. I love you so much. Many, many, many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.